Yo, you're right, guys. Hello. Hello. Hello again. All right. So it's our first uh, alternative special. Um, we decided to do it on. Is China already at war with the West, or more in particular the US? Um, so it's a bit of a discussion topic. And I think we've all got some uh, points we want to talk about and expand on. Um, so, Cam, do you want to get us started? Yeah, I can. Um, I've got a few different things that we can talk about, but I'm going to start with something which is actually a threat at the moment, and it's a threat to Taiwan. So, I want to talk about what I found um, about about why China actually want Taiwan, and um, it is more. Although it is a big part of it, it is more than just the fact that they want semiconductors or they want the space of semiconductors. Um, so, as a lot of people already know, but if you don't, Taiwan are the biggest um, semiconductor exporter in the world. They're huge. And they supply China with nearly all of their semiconductors. Don't they supply around 80% of the semiconductor market? Yeah. They literally run it, they own it. Um, yeah. China tried to do semiconductors, I don't know how long ago it was, but failed miserably. Um, but I was interested in, there's obviously got to be more than just semiconductors. You can't just go and take a country just because of one industry that they sort of own. And what it was, I don't know if you guys know, but back in the day when China had the civil war between the People's Republic, I think it was, and the Republic of China. Um, it was like when the CCP came about, they ran the old government government out, but Taiwan was part of China, but they ran them all the way down to Taiwan. And that's where they sort of like backed away and sort of escaped onto Taiwan. Um, so China have always identified Taiwan as, as always being their property. Um, but it's vice versa the other way around. So Taiwan will look at China as being their property. So they're both, it's, it's not sort of, um, there's no peace there because they both feel as if they should own the other. And the more advanced Taiwan get with semiconductors and, and the facts of their geographic location, um, becomes more and more important for for China. It, it gives them sort of more of a reason to take over um, Taiwan. Uh, but that that war happened in what was it like nineteen twenties or nineteen thirties? Oh, well, yeah, I think yeah. it was nine, around nineteen twenties. Yeah, well, it was when the CCP came into power, yeah. and yeah, that would have been because they just had their hundredth year anniversary thing. Did, did you remember watching that in twenty whatever? Did you see any of it? That's a mad, mad hundredth anniversary party. Not a party, but a massive show. Yeah. Or was this around China? It was in China, yeah. In China. About, um, about celebrating the CCP being in control for a hundred years. You're just what you expect a communist party uh, sort of show to, mm. to be like. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I. I'm, I know it's. It's going to be quite scary if. China go for Taiwan because a lot of countries don't want them to have Taiwan 
might be because of the semiconductor business. We don't want China to. I know the West and US definitely don't want China to have that sort of power, um, but it does fit in with their twenty twenty five plan to have semiconductors or power over it. But then the other side of it is a geographic location. Um, I think they they need more sort of exposure to the Pacific. Yeah, the, um, the ocean. Yeah, and yeah. The, I think it's Korea, Japan, Taiwan, and then there's the Philippines, which is the wall which is stopping um, China having access to that ocean. Which yeah, and the US have naval bases on all of those. Yeah, they've so got good good connections with them. Yeah, all, all four of them. Uh, Japan is basically like there's areas in Japan where they just us people living and it's just massive us naval bases and they're all us people that live around there oh right so like they use japan as a really like strategic country yeah they, they nuked the shit out of them as well in uh, world war ii <laughs> and now now japan are letting them build naval bases on them but i guess they've kept them safe from china yeah well there's a lot of reasons with japan because obviously in korea especially with korea because they serve the West with a lot of technology, mm. like a shitload of technology. Um, and that's what I mean, sort of brings us to the question of the war between the US and the West. We're not looking at it as a World War Two type scenario. Mm. It's a different type of war and with the advance, advancements um, in technology and moving into the digital age, which we're in now, this is the the different type of war that that we're seeing and that's what we're going to uh, obviously delve into today but they're still wanting to use old school war to take over taiwan but then it's whether or not i think when i was looking researching taiwan one of a, a question someone posed in one of the comments which um struck me is the real question is it's not whether china can take taiwan because they can even though taiwan have been setting up defense ever since they got pushed there but the question was, how much is China prepared to lose in order to win the takeover of Taiwan? And I think that's what the question is. They can do it, but as soon as they make that move, US is going to get involved, Australia is going to get involved, Japan's going to get involved. I don't know about the Philippines, but they probably the Pacific will yeah. get involved. Yeah, in some the countries way. which you just don't know whether they're going to get involved uh, are going are going yeah. to get involved. But then once once China make that move then it's it's not just the us it's the nato as well like so you've got all the european countries involved in that yeah then you've got the surrounding countries that have around china that have influence from the west such as like you mentioned japan korea it's pretty much china uh, at the moment the only allies they really have are russia iran and they're trying to build that sort of influence in Asia, in Africa. Um, so once, I don't think they're in a position at the moment to go and go for Taiwan, like have a hot war with Taiwan because they've not got enough influence, global influence. Mm. Think about all these developed countries turning on China, then it's China, they've lost already really. Um, so I know China, they've invested a lot of money into Africa. Um, it's quite 
mad what they've done. So they've uh, they've invested all this money into Africa as like got these African countries in debt, and then they're exploiting these African countries for their resources. So yeah. they're building like railroads and all this infrastructure for African countries to use. But then they're saying, oh, but now we have access to your resources. But with that debt, as you'd like, you probably know, it gives people power over the other person. Leverage. Think about That's a loan shark. So you yeah, go to yeah, your yeah. local loan shark, you get 100K from him, and next minute knocking at your door asking for 100K if you don't give it him. Like, they've got some sort of control over you. Leverage. Um, That's what yeah, China are. They're just, they're just fucking loan sharks in that situation. Mm. Mm. The so, thing is, what you mentioned about the borders, though, Cam, is in the past, China have been vulnerable from the borders. So don't you think getting more control in the Pacific is always in the back of their mind to protect themselves from the naval bases that Aaron did mention? Yeah. Um, with territory. Do, do you feel like it's always in the back of their mind, or do you feel what Aaron mentioned about getting more global influence, what do you reckon would be a priority in their in their shoes? I think if by them having, because if you look at, for example, um, the US, why they've done so well is because of their geographic location. They've, they're quite lucky in the terms of the location that they're in. Like they're yeah. sort of ocean to ocean. Um, in yeah, terms of their away from sort of the rest of the world yeah where everything else is sort of crammed you're all sort of like crammed in and you're getting in each other's way and people want a bit of this uh, border and they want to extend this border further and it just causes minute little arguments or disagreements same with whatever's going on there with um, India as well and it just creates this hostile environment like the, the Middle East is bad as well for it where US have been sort of okay because um, of their geographic location. I think once China take Taiwan, they'll have obviously the, um, or if they do go and take Taiwan, they'll have that ocean, they'll have perfect transport line, lines, perfect um, base, uh, naval bases to sort of protect them more. And I think by having take Taiwan and just upgrading their geographic location in terms of the oceans will actually put a marker for them against the whole world to say that mm. we are the, the superpower that they want to be. And that will be in line with their 2049 plan of becoming the global superpower that they, you know, allegedly want to be. Yeah. But on that like global superpower front, I mean, the only reason it's being fussed about is because the US don't want them to be a global superpower, well, which is fair enough. By 2049, they don't just want to be a global superpower, they want to be the global leaders. The yeah. global, yeah. Yeah. So they, they want, want to be, be what everyone fears. They want to be US in 2049. Um, there's a lot like to go into with what you've just said. I'm just trying to think what angle to go at now. Um, well, to talk a bit more about US or go into the South China Sea a bit, but I think I'll save the North China Sea. Let's go into the China Sea, yeah, keep it. Are you going to go to China Sea? I was going to go talk about the US. Um, All right. We Uh, can go in, the US is going to be quite a um, discussion, so. Yeah. China Sea, geographically close. (laughs) Yeah, we've been talking about the geographical position of Taiwan. Um, As you you probably know already that China have been building sort of man-made 
islands and putting naval bases on them. Mm, yeah. Um, in the South China Sea. So at the moment, China feel very vulnerable with their geographical position and the amount of naval bases the US has in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, so they've been investing all this money in building um, these sort of artificial islands and it's illegal what they've been doing. It breaks like international laws. Um, but China are basically saying they're building these islands and they're saying this is our island. And then that's all they're saying. They're mm. not disputing anything. They're saying We're, we've claimed this territory. They're not going in it. Aggressively. it. They're just saying that we've built this, like this is this is our territory and then that's it. And there's no more discussion about it. Um, nobody's stepping up to them and saying, no, you shouldn't be doing this, which mm. it's... Do you feel like it's a fear thing or do you feel like it's more of a political thing that they're not addressing uh, the issues? I think it's a lot of things. I think it's, I, I think developed countries are scared to go to war. So if it does escalate to that level, then that's the last thing a developed country wants because war causes devastation. Like it's going to knock a country back decades in the past. Like when we're in a time now where we're advancing and we want to continue on that timeline, on that timeline. Mm. Um, so war is just going to sort of add a massive hiccup into it. And yeah. I think as well, China's got the biggest market in the world. So there's a lot of money in that's going around changing hands. Um, you can see it already with Disney and how they sort of bend over backwards to, for Chinese demands. Yeah. Because they know if they're not in that market, they're not breaking, making blockbuster movies that are earning them like billions of dollars more than what it would if China wasn't part of that. So I think it's very like money motivated. And yeah. as you can see in the US, corporations and government are becoming sort of, yeah, you feel like they could be coming one because there's so much yeah. corruption there at the moment. Um, so the government is, they have to work together. Yeah. So then you see, seeing the US government bending over for the corporations who are bending over for China. And then in that kind of situation, it's like, you, you might think the US are weak, but it's all, in my opinion, I think it's all to do with greed and yeah, sort of, it all equates to a dollar sign at the end. And I think China have noticed this and they know they can ask these corporations to sort of do whatever they want because they know they've got the biggest market in the world. Yeah. And know mm. how much money. A lot of China has moved out from poverty into the middle class. The middle class, are they like to spend money, especially new money. Yeah. Um, and they like to buy European brands, American brands, all this stuff coming in from the West. They don't really buy Chinese, but when I was in China, everyone had iPhones. And if you had like a Chinese phone, they'll think of you as sort of less of a person. Yeah. It's very yeah. state. It's a big, there's a big status culture over there. Yeah. And they're all like, yeah, Gucci handbags and Louis V handbags. And they're driving BMWs, Audis, Mercedes, and it's all to do with status. Yeah. So, status quo. 
sticking to the status quo. And I think the Chinese government are using that to solve their advantage. And they're not too concerned about Chinese consumers not buying their products. They know that if Chinese consumers are buying Western products, they that means China have got control. They've got the power. Yeah, over the... Western cor- corporations. Hmm. And I just want to touch on that point, Aaron, because have you guys watched the Joe Rogan episode where, um, I don't know, I can't remember what exactly the guy's name's called, but where he talks about American businesses being controlled in China and the problem with Nike and H&M with um, their cotton inquiry. This is where it gets a bit controversial. Um, do you guys remember that episode? Or have you watched it? No. What was the name of the guy he was interviewing? I can't remember, but there was a topic that he talked about, about how American businesses are controlled in China. And basically, Nike and H&M, they just launched an inquiry into where Chinese cotton, where it comes from, if it's induced by forced uh, child labor or whatever. And basically, what China did is they just boycotted Nike and H&M's company in China. And the thing is, in China is they don't need to convince people. Like with a boycott, say it's here or the US, you need to convince people, don't you? You need to get people to believe in your idea. But the thing is, in China, with how powerful the people are at the top if they say there's a boycott and boycott this company there's going to be a boycott no matter what people think mm. and basically nike and h&m's um basically market share in china is close enough it now just because they they just launched a simple inquiry just ask china a question and china didn't like that question and that's basically what happened that is the power that china have then right now is actually kind of mental yeah it's scary very scary yeah. And I think like the Chinese government, because it's a dictatorship, I just, from recent news as well, with, with the sort of lockdowns that have happened, and I feel like they don't care for their population as much as Western governments do. Mm. So if their population were to complain about something, say, I don't know, Oh, we like H&M, like, don't boycott it, don't boycott it. Chinese mm. government will just be like, oh, no, oh, whatever, we're, just, we're doing this. And if they were to ban all Western things, if they said, right, no more Western products being sold in China now, the Chinese government would do that and they wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah. Whereas in the West, if we said no more Chinese products, it's going to be hard times for the people because China obviously produce a lot of our shit, like really cheap. Yeah. It's going to be hard times for the population. So the Western governments would never say you're no more Chinese products. Yeah. Because they care too much about the population. I don't know if you can say care too much, but <laughs> it's sort of, we discussed it a little bit before, Cam, and I think we said we'll save it for the podcast um, about is, would you rather be a, Chinese citizen or a Western citizen, like China seems to have a plan, a long-term plan, and they want to be the global leaders by 2049. Is, is that something like you would prefer as a citizen. citizen or would you prefer living in the freedoms of the West? Do you want the so, power or do you want the freedom? I know you, question. you said you were sort of sitting on the fence a little bit. I'm sitting on the fence in the sense that 
I would definitely rather be Western um, at the moment, even though the Western, the West is seeing, especially US is seeing some radical decline. Um, but I'm up more on the fence of when we first spoke about doing this subject for the special and we went away to research, I was looking at all this stuff thinking, oh, China doing this, that's so fucked up. China are doing that, that's so fucked up. But then I got to a point where whilst I was looking at it, it sort of all made sense. Like they, they're strict. They, the, the government's there, that CCP, they're strict. They've got a goal that they want to get to and they'll get to it by any means necessary. Now they are doing some unethical, oh, define unethical, but they're doing some unethical practices, which is inhumane, which I would say is unethical. Um, but then other oh, things... Inhumane's worse than unethical. I think it's like that's what I mean. That's what I would say is yeah. the unethical part of it. Other things, which is just rules that have been enforced. It's not necessarily unethical. They're just going against the rules because if you actually look at the world, yeah, rules are enforced, but they're only been enforced by someone. Like, rules are there to be broken. Um, yeah. So. I, I get what I get what they're doing. That's what it is. Um, I don't know if I agree with it or not because I understand this twenty twenty five plan. I mean, okay, an, an example of what is considered unethical, but I would say really is more a bit cheeky, but and strategic is they are being accused by America of stealing technology advancements. So they're not innovative. They take Western innovations replicate them and uh, manufacture them cheap, sell them back to America or whatever. But they also steal innovations and it drives their sort of, not their economy forward, but it drives their innovation of their community forward. But it's all stolen. All of the ideas of stuff stolen. Look at what they, um, that thing about um, going to space, it was British, it was um, British. Um, innovation of yeah, going to space to steal, yeah, to steal the solar from the sun, um, the well, to gain power from the sun. Yeah, I wouldn't say these things are unethical. They're just fucking rude. It's just it's a shit, shit thing to do. But at the end of the day, if they're trying to advance as a country and become a dominant power, which they have all right to do, because why are they just going to sit in the shadows of the US all the time? They're going to want to. It's competitive. It's not businesses. They're trying to be the best. Yeah. So that's where I'm on the fence. Is like what they're doing is not technically. It's not wrong, or there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it is. It is by the on for the Western um, culture. Like I've thought about this in the past. Is sort of trying what China's doing. Is it? Is it a good? Is it a good strategy for a government to sort of do? And it's worked amazingly for China, like since the eighties, mm, forty years have gone by, and their second richest economy in the world. Yeah, probably soon to be the first. Um, but like you, there's there's quite a few points here. Uh, so <laughs> basically, like like you said, um, they've stolen innovations from the West. Those innovations have only come around because of the West freedoms. Yeah. If 
the West didn't have those freedoms and they were run strict like China, it wouldn't be innovative. People no would creativity be, is allowed then. Yeah, like in China, people attract like robots to a certain extent. Yeah. Where thinking outside the box is a big no. Mm. And in the West, thinking outside the box is sort of promoted. Oh, well, it feels like it's getting less and less promoted, but it used to be very promoted. Yeah. Um, and I think with thinking outside the box, a lot of bad stuff happens as well with thinking outside the box. Like people, there's crimes, organized crimes. Yeah. Like people go, like bend the rules one way to make it work for them. And there's a lot of bad stuff, but then there's also a shitload of good stuff, which mm. is what's made the West what it is today. Um, and trying to, trying to eradicate the bad stuff through, through that social credit system is, it's in, it's getting rid of the bad stuff, but then it's also putting a ceiling on the good stuff that can come Yeah, out yeah, 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 yeah. You need things to get, it's because, Anything works is like a yin. I've gone about this before to you, um, but things go on in a yin yang sort of way. Things have to get bad for other things to get good. It has to, or else they're going to put this system in this social credit system to keep everything, as you said, a ceiling. Once they hit that ceiling, but they've got the credit score in there, that's what they want. They want everyone to be robotic and work in a single minded way because they've got this strategy of stealing innovations from other people. So they don't need to waste their money on research and development innovations. If they, if other countries are doing it and they found a very easy way just to replicate it. But what they have seen with America, if you look at things like the BLM um, protests and riots and when Trump supporters um, flooded the capital, that's all happening because they're not strict enough on the West, um, on their citizens. They sort of, they allow for this stuff, but then it's like, well, you should allow for it because if you don't, then we're all just sort of prisoners in the country. Yeah. Cause that's what all the citizens of China look like to me is just prisoners in the country. Yeah. They're just stuck in a box. Yeah. Um, and when I was in China and I was talking to like my Chinese friends, I did sort of get the sense that they were slightly naive in some senses because they've not experienced things that we've experienced. Like we've experienced, we, we see the bad, we see the good, we see it all. Mm. Um, and this was in 2015, at the moment, I feel like the West is go, starting to go down a route. China's going down. Um, obviously, it's not not that it's not that extent yet. But think about five years ago, like you wasn't. When was the mainstream media in discussion? It was a little bit, but not to the extent it is today. Yeah. Anything you sort of reading from the mainstream media now, you're, you're just questioning. Which yeah. in China, like, you know 100% that it's just government-led. Yeah. It's their propaganda for the Chinese population to know about, and that's it. 
Yeah, well, the thing about what I've noticed about China is they don't, their government don't hide things um, as much as the Western government do. The Western government, if they're doing practices which are considered normal in China, they would hide that from our population uh, to prevent uproar. Yeah, but the Chinese people will sort of just agree with it. Yeah, because the government just say, yes, this is what we're doing. If you yeah. don't like it, then I'll chuck you in jail or whatever. Prison. Hmm. Yeah, and like bringing this back to the US, you mentioned like BLM and storming the Capitol. Like, I had a like complaint on this. I feel like at the moment in the US, it's I feel like the, the way China are going to attack the US is from inside the US. Yeah. That's a good and point. the US is sort of at the moment feels like it's eating itself from the inside out. Um, like I listened to some US podcasters, uh, Tim Pool, and he talks about civil war quite often. And he talks about it so like relaxed as well. Like it's just, he thinks it's like definitely going to happen, <laughs> which I think is a fucking scary thought. Civil war in the US. Mm. Mm. With like, guns. That would bring it... down the Western world. Yeah, they're far yeah. too advanced to have a civil war. There's way too much to lose. Though. So a civil war with guns too. Would you say, sorry, even... my internet's gone a little bit. Do you reckon um, a civil war with the gun laws that they have in America is going to be crazy? Because everyone's going to be able to get onto, onto guns too. And it's not going to be just like a protest war. It's literally going to be like bloodshed war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the thing about Americans, or Westerns anyway, is it'll start off peaceful, a peaceful protest. That's what any of these protests that they're having could... I think this is what Aaron's trying to say as well, is that any of these protests that they're having, whether it be... Um, going to the capital and doing what they did, which was a bit more than a more than a protest. Uh, protest, but with the BLM, is they keep having these these things and keep having them. They're only one step away from it turning into a civil war because yeah. they've got all of these weapons at their arsenal. They've got so much aggression in them. It just takes one person to shoot. But with the um, yeah yeah George Floyd getting murdered, that was so close for them to have a well some sort of. Civil induce war. it, induce it yeah. in some way. Yeah. Welcome yeah. back, AK. Did you internet all right? Yeah, I don't know what happened. It just uh, booted me off and then came back on. All right. Uh, it's fine now. Smooth again. Um, Carry on with your point because you were having a back and forth, but let's continue on with your point because I feel like I wanted to address something. Yeah. Uh, I, when you, as you were leaving, I was saying said? that the West is way too advanced to have a, America is way too advanced to have a civil war right now. Yeah, like a civil war, I think would be worse than a lot worse than a war <laughs> with another country. Uh, civil war is just going to rip the US apart. Um, mm. Without the US, what what's NATO? Yeah, like pretty much nothing. Um, like Trump, when he was in power, he was telling other NATO nations to start spending their own money, building their own military and stop relying on us. 
Um, countries didn't listen to him. And then this war kicked off with Ukraine and then they started spending the money on the military to protect yeah. themselves, um, especially in Europe because round our doorstep. Um, so if a very clever way for China to take Taiwan and take out the US is by helping America destroy itself, start a civil war. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't even know if China needs help. I think they can just sit back and, uh, and play a waiting game. I feel like though, what happens in America when things are kicking off that China will just throw a bit of fuel on the fire through using social media. Yeah. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok, even Twitter, they might use like, cause I've heard about, I don't know how true they are, but trying to have any sort of sensors where they have people who set up fake Twitter accounts oh, yeah, and tweet just like bullshit propaganda or egg on these arguments and make things worse on a social level. Um, apparently China and Russia are both doing this, but you can see from a strategic point of view, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And China is so shut off digitally. Like all their digital assets are China's, whereas yeah. the US are so open digitally. It's so easy for China to do that. Yeah. And I think with Russia and this Ukraine war, they've sort of closed themselves off now as well through Western sanctions and all that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like Russia have just thought, all right, we'll just behave like China and just close ourselves off. We're still, still making a lot of money from selling gas and oil. Uh, so they're not too concerned about closing themselves off and just filtering out a little bit of what they need to reap the benefits, which is pretty yeah. much what I'm trying to do. Um, but yeah, so I feel like from a strategic point of view, it's a great idea for China to do that. Do you feel like they have the power to do it in terms of a cyber war? So. In the past, I know there's been Russian hacks in the US on power grids, and that's just led to social downfall. But do you reckon with China's infrastructure, do you reckon they could induce a civil war, maybe just by hacking, say, like a power grid in the US, and that leads to like a knock-on effect, like fuel can't but get to the fuel stations? If, if China did that, the US would know China have done that, and then that's going to start a war. Do you think that would just directly start a war? The US yeah. would do it back to China. Yeah. I've I heard somewhere I don't know how true this is, but it sounds true that big countries, developed countries with developed infrastructures and um, developed well internet basically, um, they all the developed ones have the power to shut down another country's internet. Yeah, I've uh, yeah. There's a documentary Jake Tron did. Was that what it was on? I think it was uh, about oh, the right. cyber warfare. Yeah. Um, and he oh, basically yeah. talks about it like the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, yeah, uh, you were telling me about this. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think I watched a video when I was back in Preston, so I probably told you about it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> basically, it's like 
they're treating it like nuclear war. One country doesn't want to be the first country to press the button. And it's the same with shutting off the internet. Because if the internet gets shut off, so many, everything is connected to the internet. Your transport yeah. links, um, your banks, supermarkets. Your access everyone, to like, the news. Your access yeah. to the alternative. But even like from basic necessities, like travel, eating, eating is probably the main one. Yeah. And your bank account. Heat problems, heat problems, because if you go and eat out, like they're going to have heat issues and they can't store their food. So you can't even eat, really. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but if you can't buy food from, if you can't have access to your bank, then you're not going to be eating out. Yeah, exactly. No one's got yeah. no cash. Yeah. Literally, like you're not going to be able to do anything. And we're so dependent. We don't realize how much we take for granted, but we're so dependent on technology and the internet that might as well lead to a civil war. It's integrated into our life. If we don't have it, so many people will die. And so many people, exactly. it will just turn yeah. into a, um, what's it called? Where you just, every man for themselves. Yeah, you, it, sh- it just shut the, it will shut the country down. Yeah. But no country will press that button because it's the same as them dropping a new kind of country. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a little less destructive, but it's... We'll just die, we'll just die a slower death. That's yeah, we'll you, 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 you die a fucked up death if you get it. The nuke. Yeah, if the nuke lands like directly at, like where you live, then you're gonna die straight away. But then people in 100 miles away will die slower. Yeah, but still faster than if internet was shut off. It would just be. Yeah, it'll just turn into just start murdering people. Yeah, it'd just be anarchy. That's a messed up thing. Animals. I feel like I feel like people would die a more sufferable death without internet rather than the effects of a nuke. That's so messed up if you think about it. Yeah, and then... But I don't think China would, would do that. It's just mad that they have their... Because the US would know China have done it. And retaliate. The way China had orchestrating this now is so good because they can just do it, like... And nobody will know what's going on because it's so subtle and they don't mind playing a long game it'll take longer mm. obviously if they shut off the internet in america or they shut down the power grid then it's got an instant effect but with what they're doing now it's such a subtle way of doing it and they're playing a long game like they don't mind just implementing it slowly slowly they've been doing it for 40 years and Look what they've become like now they just they're reaching the finish line so they're not even going to rush it it's going to yeah. keep going slowly yeah 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 well since we're talking about social media i did find uh something which was quite interesting about tiktok this yeah i think yeah got just a bit of a fact um you can discuss it if you want so if you're under the age of well 14 and under in china your restrict your TikTok access is restricted to forty minutes a day. Um, you're shown educational videos, uh, patriotic videos, as opposed to anyone that could sort of provide an influence on you. You're not shown any of that, and your social media shuts off at ten p.m. and turns back on at six a.m. Uh, every day. Hours. Did yeah. you watch that Joe Rogan episode? Um, just Tristan Harris, I think. 
Oh, is it on that? Yeah, yeah, he explains yeah. it. He talks about it on that, yeah. All right. That's why I'm proper happy that you brought it up. Yeah. Um, well, this was like off uh, an article online, so maybe that guy got it. Oh, sweet. So <laughs> that, like, expands it. So that, like, kind of backs it up that he's he knows what he's talking about if it's been covered in. Yeah, I remember that episode that came out of last year, that didn't it? After this, the social dilemma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the guy who created social dilemma, wasn't he? Yeah. He's like a technology ethicist or something. Like, he knows a lot about tech and social media. It's mad. Tristan Harris. Go check it out, the Joe Rogan episode, if you've not watched it. <laughs> Are you plugging Joe Rogan? No, I'm joking. He's a good guy. But, um, <laughs> they don't have TikTok either, do they, Cam? Uh, they have something called... Is it Doyen? Do yeah, think. it's TikTok. It's just a different name for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just their Chinese name. Yeah, and then you look at the TikToks of 14-year-olds here, where it's just all... Oh. Dancing, yeah. dancing, Billy Mega Chippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because with China, they don't want to bring up their youth to be influencers, do they? They want to bring them up to be like smart professionals that do like engineers. Yeah, engineers. Yeah. Doctors. They want to be able to fight in the military if it comes to it. The US, yeah. most of um, England, the West, most of, I'll say even from. 14 to our age, or even above our age. We're not cut out to fight in a war anytime soon. We're not prepared for like yeah. the worst of the worst. The West yeah. isn't prepared for the worst of the worst. Even physically, I mean mentally, we're not prepared for And it. mentally, yeah, that's the main thing. It's in China, like the people will die for their flag. Whereas <laughs> proper patriotic. <laughs> in England, you see an England flag and you automatically think like EDL or negative yeah. connotations with it, which yeah. I think is pretty fucked up to be fair because mm. yeah. it's a country we've been brought up in, it's a country that we live in, it's a country we love, like, but the flag is like... Well, yeah, I, we've talked about this before and I remember when we talked about this, I, I looked it up not long ago on why it's got such negative, there's such a negative appearance of our flag and it um, leads back to the football culture that we have. Our flag is predominantly used um for football hooliganism in hooliganism yeah mm. so that's why it's got such a there's such a negative outlook on our flag it's because that's the only time you see it whereas in china or whatever they own or as they say most other countries they talk in front of their flag as if they're proud yeah they're but proud in england it. it's some fucking guy drinking some stella and chucking <laughs> his <Yeah>. ball. <laughs> i think since july 6th as well in US, I think the US flag's been seen as more of a what right wingers use, and it's got that sort of connotation with it now. Yeah. So I feel like over there, it's even starting to get negative connotations with it too. Which it's not. I don't think it's it's good for the countries. Like it. it People, citizens in the country should love the country. Yeah. And they should be willing to do whatever they can to keep the country prosperous. Mm. But in the West, it feels like more and more people are not Yeah, because I remember when Russia invaded Ukraine to begin with and he was in the pub or whatnot talking about this happening, yeah. it, that question got brought up is, oh, are you ready to fight in a war? I'd say most people are, oh, I'm a fuck fighting in the war. 
most people would are saying that they're not going to fight. I thought about this, and I thought I would I'll do it. You'd fight if it, if it came on our doorstep. If it came to us, you would fight. Yeah, I'm not being sent out to another to fight for another country. Yeah, but if it's on our doorstep, I would fight. Patriot, patriotic. <laughs> I'm not fighting to invade another country either. I'm, if it's not like here and people are attacking us to protect your grounds yeah it's like you would your home yeah your house you would do it the same way i think i would too i think i think i'd fight for my country depends who we're fighting against isn't it so you, so you I, I just thought it was a bit like yeah. so many people died in world war ii to protect yeah west like the values that the uk had yeah, but remember as well that they had Winston Churchill in charge. We currently have Boris Johnson. In charge. <laughs> <laughs> not, Boris Johnson. He's not going to cut up some strategic plan on how to help us. He just so his hair out before he does that. Jesus Christ. We'll, uh... But anyway, let's get back to China. China. Um, Has anyone got any other points they want to bring yeah, up? Yeah, well, we'll talk about South China Sea and then... I think we just went on some crazy tangent. Uh, on a West tangent there, though. I didn't get any of my points out. <laughs> <laughs> I got one point out saying that China felt vulnerable. Um, How about so much in Yeah, so I was saying that China feel vulnerable because the US um, Navy's a lot bigger and stronger than China's. Um, so they've been building these islands, strategic islands to sort of increase their influence in the South China Sea. Um, so I'll show you a little pick. Uh, and is this part of their 2025 plan or is this part of their global leader plan to protect themselves against a naval base? Uh, well, I think it all falls like sort of hand in hand. The 2025 plan sort of a step and then the 2049 ones yeah. are the bigger, bigger goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all the US bases that are surrounding China. So they pretty much got them sort of That's cornered off. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like, they go as far back as, I think that's Hawaii. Hawaii is around there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I think that might be like Fiji. A big amount of water in between these. Uh... Yeah. So they've got like loads condensed up here. Japan, do you know what I was saying before? Japan, full of US Navy bases. Yeah. That's Japan. That's South Korea. Yeah. Um, and that's got one in India. And then is that Pakistan? They've got another one there. I'm not sure where that is. That's crazy. And if they wanted to retreat, the only way they're pushed towards is West. They can't go east. Look at the Philippines as well, full of them. Yeah, I know. They literally can't retreat east in, if they wanted to, if they're desperate. So Taiwan, I think... Taiwan's the easiest yeah. move for them. But I'm not... That's, that's that, it, where your cursor is. That's Taiwan, is that isn't it? Taiwan, yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I'm pretty sure that's Taiwan. I recognise yeah. the shape. So I'm guessing this one might be Hong Kong? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you can see, like, like, they've literally got them surrounded. Yeah, literally. Hong Kong, yeah, that is right. 
and then Taiwan. I thought it was just an interesting picture. So it puts it into perspective how many naval bases that the US have around China. Um, so what China are doing on these islands as well is the building uh, hypersonic missiles. Do you know what they are? I know what hypersonic missiles. Means, so nope. I was reading about hypersonic missiles when um, Russia invaded Ukraine. Well, I, I know think, what hypersonic uh, is, and I know what missiles are. So. Yeah, I think <laughs> they can launch a nuke to London within five minutes. It'll get to right. London in five minutes. What? So China have been building these hypersonic missiles on these little islands that they've been building, probably facing uh, east towards US. Yeah. yeah. Um, but another thing, uh, when I was looking into this, I just wanted to see what China's military spending was and is. So at the minute, they're spending $293 billion a year. Um, this has tripled in 10 years. So in 2010, I think it was like, well, almost tripled. I think it was like 92 billion off the top of my head. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and it's increased by 60 billion. So three years ago, it was spending 60 billion less. So they're obviously doing advancements in all sections of, because they're doing advancements in mil military from that spend you can tell advancements in tech well tech from the shit that they're rubbing off everyone <laughs> advancements with controlling their community their civilians so they're advancing on all different levels i mean i think jack you was asking about their 2025 plan but what they do is every five years they come out with these five-year plans so they take, they have one big goal and then they take these little five sec, then five step intervals to reach that goal. So at the moment they're doing the made in China 2025, which is to take the negativity of low shit made in China products to check, flip that and be made in China means high quality, good, strong, reliable products. Um, but yeah, they're really to their long term plan. Hmm. Yeah, it links to their long-term plan because they sort of, their philosophy is like making small progress, right? Um, whereas the US, they take more of a targeted approach and just go like balls deep into one area. But with China, they always plan things in a lot of detail, do it very slowly to make small progress to a very big picture, then they execute that big picture. Um, so I feel like there's a difference in philosophies which leads to how China um, expand and how the US expand or how the West expand. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think like with the US, a lot of their influence came through the power of their military. Yeah. Um, so when, when their power of military was the number one sort of thing to have. Yeah. Well, yeah. it still is number one. I'll just get to that. So, <laughs> like I said, China's at two hundred ninety-three billion a year. In comparison, America's spending eight hundred and one billion a year. On their military all oh, right so with in military capability like from a military perspective china is still way behind the us the us has been doing this for a long fucking time as well yeah for for decades the us are have been in wars recently so their military are used to 
planning strategies and know how to fight a war. Yeah. Whereas China haven't been in a war for since probably when they fought Japan. I think yeah, that was probably World, the last war. World War Two. 1939. I, I don't want to butcher my history, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's having 1937 to 39. But yeah, them fighting Japan was the last time, right? That they've actually been in a full scale war. China, Chinese forces invaded northern Vietnam on the 6th of March 1979. That was their last war. Mm. Really? Oh, okay. I thought World War II was a cut off. That's interesting. But they, they are still behind it. That's your point, isn't it? Yeah, there's the miles behind. Um, and I remember when I was looking into hypersonic missiles, people were saying that the US and the West don't have hypersonic missiles. I don't believe that for a minute, though. They were saying um, what? They don't have um, oh. hypersonic missiles. But I don't believe that. And I feel like they've probably had them for longer than China. Probably. Yeah. And one thing... I read is the US military are 25 years ahead of technology we're seeing now. Mm. So I've heard a lot that. of our technologies come from military spending. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do all the R&D and then yeah. the technology gets cheap enough to pass down to the consumer. So they're saying 25, 25 years is fucking insane. Yeah, because imagine what they can do now. What we know they can do now is already insane. What they yeah. have the capabilities to do now is insane. So, twenty-five so, years down the line, twenty-five years ago today, you were just born. <laughs> Damn, we're taking it there. <laughs> but I mean, there's a point right where military and technology come together properly, where the whole war won't require human intervention. It will just be whoever's got the biggest arsenal of technology. Yeah. Sort of, well, I don't even know what you're going to call it. Just the technological military that you're going to have. You're going to have robots the size of fucking buildings. Yeah, IMEs. That's why I think at the moment, China won't have a hot war with Taiwan or with. They, won't, they just won't get involved with it because I'm, I think they know that they won't be able to to win that fight. Yeah, they're not in a, a fit state. Do you reckon they'll try and play catch up in terms of their military operations, China this is, or do you reckon they keep on advancing what they're good at? So tech in terms of like cyber wars and stuff, or do you reckon they do play catch up and then lead to whatever they do with Taiwan and expanding? Well, my thinking is China was, was just want peace so they can carry on developing and carry on pushing. And then when the time's right, they will go for Taiwan when they know America's on its weakest point and probably it sort of brings us back to the civil war in America. If that happens, then America's going to be way too preoccupied dealing with its own shit. Yeah. That's when China can sort of do what they need to do. Yeah. Just waiting for the right time. Yeah, I'm, I think they're just happy to wait. Well, like you said, they've waited. So what's waiting a little longer? Yeah. In the state that they're seeing it all in now, what is it's all sort of happening um, around them? And because um, they have one government, they don't 
need to keep chopping and changing like we do in the West. Yeah. Because we're in power, like, our government's been in power for four years. So they make plans for four years to keep the citizens happy for four years. So then hopefully they get voted in again. Mm. Whereas in China, no one gets voted in. So the government. Yeah, and on top of that, the West, they get voted in five years, four years, whatever. They do whatever they can do to try and sustain the country. But it's, they sort of set themselves up to line their pockets. Yeah. Before they come out. Always. Always. It just comes back to greed. But I mean, China are greedy as well, but they're just greedy. In, they're greedy in terms of power. So they're just power hungry. Whereas the US, I mean, when money's not a factor, because I don't think money's a massive factor for China. Um, and I think it comes down to the fact that it's every 10 years someone gets put in power. Um, but they're all sort of connected anyway. They just sort of take the reins from the last person because that last person's 10 years older or what. Um, whereas the US is the competing like business, the different parties are competing like businesses, yeah, to win as many voters as you can, and it just it makes it so just vicious that it's there's no I don't know what the word is there's no um, standardization to it it's all all over the place. Mm. What do you feel that's induced by? Do you feel money. that money, not philosophy, yeah. of the government comparing the Western CCP in terms of with CCP they're all on one united front, but in oh. the West there's like Republicans versus the Democrats and they need to have their battles and then worry about um, like China, for instance? Well, I think on paper it should work because... If you're going to look at them as businesses, then a monopoly is never the best problem. They're never the best thing to offer. It's a problem, um, which China's got. But then it just takes us back to is China do what China are doing? Is that, well, is that right or not? I wouldn't. It's, it's hard, hard to look at them like businesses because if you, China are competing with the rest of the world. Whereas US, like the parties in the US or in the UK. Competing with themselves. They're competing with themselves and then trying to compete with the world after that. Yeah. Whereas China just solely focused on competing with the world. They're not messing around with all the other in-house politics. So yeah. it's like, imagine like Apple competing inside who's going to be CEO for yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a good and then a new CEO gets voted, mm. and it happens again a few years later, and then they got to do it all again. And then mm. the direction keeps chopping and changing, chopping and changing. Whereas China's just like, he's our CEO. This party runs us, and this is what we need to go and do. Yeah. And just got laser focus. And, and that's why they are able to have this, this long-term plan. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the West can't have put these long-term plans in. Look at the fucking state of the... Uh... Net zero thing. It's just yeah. Because he, um, I was, when I was on my uh, doing a cybersecurity course, I was talking to the uh, tutor there, and he said, when Labour in power, they built all these like uh, massive business parks and places yeah. for like businesses to go and work and all that stuff, um, but. He goes, since when David Cameron came in power, he stopped funding it. 
and the buildings are just laid down. Yeah, because that's not aligned yeah. to his goals. So yeah, so like the Labour are spending this money, and then the Tories come in and they're not even using it. Mm. So then they sell the property to their com- their company and buy them on the properties and built a server farm in there. But he said mm. they got the property dirt cheap because of it. Yeah. <laughs> just capitalising on... It's just a massive waste of money from uh, the government. He said there's these business parks all around the country that are just not being used. Well, they spent tons of money because it's just all misaligned, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, I wanted to ask you a question, Aaron, since you shared your screen. I saw any tabs open. So, have you done much on Nixon? Um, not a lot. I did a bit of bit of a reading on it. Do you want to give us what? I don't, I've not done anything on Nixon. Did you do anything on Nixon, Joe? No, I did not. No, so I'd like Yeah, so what, what I mainly know is he basically gave birth to China. <laughs> he made them... <laughs> what they are today right um so in 72 he visited china china was very poor a lot of poverty at the time and there's a lot of starvation uh famine like it just wasn't a nice it's probably like how you'd imagine north korea today yeah um so when he visited china struck a deal with him um they said they'll open up their borders for exportation there's a trade a trade deal that they put yeah a trade deal whereas americans will benefit from cheap goods that's where the made in china products came from right as i was growing up i think every one of our toys was made in china so it was nixon's idea to turn china nixon's idea to turn china into a factory yeah Um, america for america for the yeah for the developed yeah um so yeah then obviously that's what started china off they were able to use their cheap labor make some money by selling cheap basically tap to the americans (laughs) the rest of the western world um we'll happily sit there and buy it all because it's dirt cheap and yeah develop their economies into their economy into what it is today just based on that deal. Um, one thing I was looking into though is when Mao came into power, he approached the US on several occasions because he wanted to work with them. Mm-hmm. But the US kept ignoring him. So I think right. from like the 50s up until 72, the US just ignored him and kept ignoring his uh, request to speak with the president. And if you so, gave up at one point, then that's when the CCP started to become more... So when did they join the, the uh, WTO, the World Trade Organization? Uh, Were they uh, always, like, originally in it? China? They joined it at some point, didn't they? I'm not sure. Let's have a quick look. Might be making this up completely. 2001. Yeah. Oh, 2001. 11th December. Yeah, but it was founded in 1995. Yeah, they did. I thought, oh no, I was thinking, did they join it or were they 
already oh, yeah, yeah, like right. founding member. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't explain that properly, but yeah. But personally, I don't think Nixon was the uh, best president. For another um, video. Stay he cute. also <laughs> took the US dollar off the gold standard. We'll um, turn it into the shit piece of paper we have today. But I think it, I don't know. We'll do it. Well, I think we should do a video on uh, US presidents. Let's do a vi video on purely Nixon. Maybe that could be a documentary. Um, how long have we been on for? One, just over an hour. Jack, have you got yeah. anything that you want to... Go on, John. I just think, I think you mentioned something about censorship, right, Cam? And you mentioned that the West has more... I don't know exactly how you said it, but you said the West is more censored than, the, than China. Do you feel like that's, do you agree with that 100% or are you like on the fence about it, about what the, information? The West is more censored. Yeah. No, I'd say Defo China are more yeah. censored, yeah. Okay. Um, do you mean the West is more uncensored? Maybe it was more uncensored. It, it was a point that was brought up earlier on. I just wanted to talk more about that. Oh, did I that. say that the West were more censored? Oh. No, I don't it's, think it's so. It's one of them. I think it may be more uncensored. Yeah. But that leads back to the freedom, doesn't it? And more with China and how the government control their people. Yeah, it's just that well, um, there's like two, they're run two completely different ways. And what I was like trying to get at is because China are so strict in all of their processes and all of their control, they are managing to fly, not even just Excel, they're flying. To the top of the world exponential growth in it yeah which on the other side on the west because we're uncensored and it's we're just in a weird really weird point um where we're uncensored but some people want to be censored some people don't want censorship it's just a fucking mess yeah a lot of groups in there it's a It's a weird one in the West at the moment because one thing like the left for so long have always been against corporations. And only recently they've sort of, the roles seem to have reversed and the right are against corporations or against corporate agendas and the left are for the corporate agendas so they're backing corporations more than the right mm. whereas before the left would protest about corporations and say they're greedy and they want all this money and the control in the population but now they're sort of taking the corporation side because they do a lot of like smoke and mirrors yeah well, mm. they call it virtue virtue, sig virtue yeah, signaling um so it wins over the left. Right. Well, maybe uh, these corporations thought they had all the, they had control over the right, or they had already won the right. What the right? So, so they started doing some sort of some sort of marketing campaigns to um, win over the left. But in that transition, 
they have lost the right because no yeah. you can't have both you can't have, there's no way you can have both yeah, you can't have both yeah <laughs> but i think them winning over i think them winning over the left because a lot more young people or younger people are left so they sort of target themselves more towards the younger people yeah yeah there's more money they've, they've found that there's more money that because that's all the corporation is looking for is yeah because is, people who are, tend to be on the right are people who have families don't have as much disposable income as someone in like the late 20s early 30s who yeah these days don't have a family yet um so they're just spending the money because they've got no kids to spend it on yeah spend on themselves um, I had a point, but I think, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I feel like because there's no, in the West, it feels like no one's values or people's values are so like mismatched. Yeah. No one's sort of, everything just feels a bit like lost. No one's got the same set of values, so it's hard to bring a community together to be able to prosper. Yeah, because even if you're dividing it between the left and the right, even then, all of the right aren't aligned yeah. with themselves. And even worse on the left, mm. like that's a shit show over there. Yeah, the left is crazy because if you're left and you believe one thing, but then you don't believe another thing a left person says, then you know, they'll, they'll basically just cancel you. Yeah, then you just and get then, and then they bring, and then they just make, they, I'm not going to go on a rant about this, but they, <laughs> they just bring out new, new shit and then expect everyone to be up to date with this new shit that they're bringing out. And if you're not up to date and you've not heard about it and you fuck up, then you're a fucking twat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> times. So, um, I was listening to Ricky Gervais's stand-up yeah basically said in 2001 if someone made a tweet oh not 2001 because no twitter um <laughs> 2010 I, I, weren't it I, it might have been 2010 um so if someone made a tweet then and it was i think it's talking about chris rock because he tweeted something about his hoping his son's not gonna be gay all right <laughs> he said at the time he said it it wasn't like a a bad thing to say at the time because everyone's values have since changed. Yeah. Why are people going back to it in 2020 when values have changed and people's people that like society has developed to start understanding and accepting like people are different and people do these things. Why are people going back to 2010 where it was maybe not acceptable to say, but it wasn't sort of frowned upon as much as it is today mm. and then turn it into a massive deal like things change so then because like, i doesn't know like if you're going to tweet something today in 10 years time yeah 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 you could tweet something like and it's going it's changing that rapidly you could tweet something which i think you said it was just frowned upon what he tweeted but you could tweet something today or have tweeted something over the last two three years that's not even frowned upon but in 10 years time that could bite you in the ass without at that yeah. time it even being a problem even in anyone's mind. Exactly, but it shouldn't really be brought back like that far in the past. Like, what's said is said. Yeah. Um, and then another thing he said in, in, in the stand-up, which I thought was uh, 
We're going on a massive tangent here and talk about <laughs> left, but uh, I just want to bring it up. Um, we'll talk about the West, aren't we? So. Yeah, I guess. He said uh, people are uh, complaining about the wrong thing. So he will make a joke about LBGTQ. I don't want to butcher it, so whatever the rest of it is. IA plus. Plus. Like say plus. Yeah, plus. Plus. Um, oh, is that what you say? Is that what a plus means? Everything else? Uh, I think they ran out of letters. Oh. Um, well, it's it, like, it just it's makes pretty, sense. It's pretty long now, isn't it? Yeah, there's like a IA now, isn't there? TIA. But I do, I do imagine that the plus does mean that it includes everything else, AKA. Yeah, it's LGBTQIA. Yeah. Okay. I'll fucking butcher that again. Um, it says, like, <laughs> okay, I know, he'll, make, he'll make a joke about them, but he'll also make jokes about cancer victims and rape and molestering children. <laughs> Because no one, no one bats an eyelid when you make jokes about them. But then as soon as he mentions LBGTQ+, he gets like, bombarded and they're like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like coming after him with pitchforks. And he's like, how, how can I say all this other stuff? But then just make one little simple joke about that and like, I get it in the neck. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was on that, because I've watched it. I don't know if it was on that same one. It might be something else I've watched. But he said um, that, say you get a uh, non-binary person, for example, they probably just want to be non-binary and be at home, relaxing. But all these other people who are not non-binary, not male or female then, I guess, they're the ones who are saying, that fight in their corner. Yeah. They're not. They've... They're non-binary, which is fine. It's the fact that these other people are fighting for something that's not really... I know it's the writer saying you have to have a gender, but fair enough. They don't want to have a gender. Just fuck, let, leave them in their house to just not have a agenda. Stop fucking putting it all over the TV. But... Um, yeah, it doesn't need to be on our faces. No. But then I do understand... We've got fucking freedom of speech for people to say, oh, well, actually, it's fucking wrong that what what people do say is wrong for them not to have a gender because you're fucking born with a gender. So that's if you've got something on your mind, then they're going to say it because they've come out and said they're non-binary. So I know it's contradicting what I've just said, but. No, it's not contradicting what you're saying. It's basically saying that if that person's got an opinion and says they're non-binary, that's. In my perspective, that's a, that's an opinion. Like, yeah, that's just how they feel. I don't think it's scientifically. There's two sexes, two genders, male and yep. female. Um, Here we go. But it's scientifically proven. It this, is, no, uh, these people are arguing with science, but then yeah. when the right are arguing with science about COVID and the vaccine. The left are saying, why are you arguing with science? <laughs> that fucking makes sense. So, the thing is, the problem is, in the West, there's so many controversial topics, right? But people tend to focus on what's trending. You know what I mean? So, like, with BLM, those protests, then they were focused on George Floyd. And that, that was a problem, obviously. But um, there's other problems to focus on, too. Um, and 
it's getting controversial now, but I feel like China avoids this with how like they're communist and they don't really deal with that and everyone on the United Front. But I feel like in the West, people need to blame something socially. Um, and then whatever's trending controversially, that's what people get controversial about, but it's more controversial topics. Yeah, I think China using this to their advantage by because they've all got values instilled in them through the government. Whereas we, our values are all mismatched and everyone's thinking on different wavelengths. Yeah. Some wavelengths people think are insane. And then those people who think, and then the people who think those, like that group's insane, that group think they're insane. And it's just like, how's anyone supposed to get on and try and build a better future for the country if we're all arguing over stupid shit. Mm. I think as well, what it, like, a lot of it comes back to is um, sort of like tribal behaviour. If you look at China, they've pretty much got their tribe down to a T because they've got a good tribe leader. Whereas in the West, where everything's so open to anyone can lead any tribe, you can't do that in China. Uh, you can't o- open up your own tribe. Probably is people that do it, but you're probably never going to hear about them in a million years. Um, you get uh, kidnapped by the... Uh, <laughs> well, Jack Ma. Jack Ma. <laughs> but then in the West, you get... Everyone wants to be a fucking tribe leader. So the BLM movement, you had people pushing that, even though I think the, the leader of it spent their money on been a bit dodgy i think but um that's another conversation but i mean you get all of these different tribes all trying to like and no one actually knows where they fit and then that's why there's so much dispute all over the place because no one knows where they fit but they want to fit in a tribe but none of the tribes 100 percent sort of um agree with them yeah. and that's why like depression i know it's so sort of infused or social media adds to this fire loads mm-hmm. but then that's why there's like so much sort of depression and mental health issues is no one's got and you can't belong anywhere and even if you do belong somewhere it's not even going to last a couple of years before it's something else that you need to jump ship over to so there's nothing you can sort of dedicate yourself to because of like for example a lot of people previously dedicated themselves to religion that's must be on the deep i don't know figures for sure but it must be on the decline because people aren't religious anymore and they're trying to fill that hole with other tribes to be involved with, but there's nothing, nothing strong enough either. Like yeah, things that are coming out at the moment, they're not, they're not strong enough for people to follow. So they're just temporary. People just jump on the bandwagon, and yeah. when that time's up, there's another bandwagon, and they just jump in from one by one bandwagon to another. And it's depressing it. for people. And then now there's like the the most people in the West, the most people have started to leave their jobs and move jobs. It's just another sort of branch to you can't you can't you, your job's not no longer even your tribe because they're fucking like corp, corporations are fucking you over and people are starting to realise how fucked up they are. Mm. People are turning their backs on that and yeah, bit of a impressive note to leave on, but is <laughs> that's what I think that's what it, a lot of it is and that's the way the West is just sort of eating themselves into just 
And they, yeah, they'll probably, I, to be honest, when you're talking about having a civil war, say there's two different sides, that's probably something people can cling on to. So people will probably be more inclined to do have a civil war because they can actually get behind some, or a war in general, like, they're probably more inclined to get behind something which is slightly resonates to the tribe that actually has meaning and they're actually doing something which means something, not jumping on the fucking bandwagon of non-binary and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. There's not much meaning to that. It's just distraction. It's just something to do. People can distract themselves with. An idea of a civil war is, is, it's messed up, it's scary, but I feel like it is imminent at some point um, with how the West is sort of declining and measures like that. Mm. All right, yeah. so I've got any more points? I was um, going to talk about COVID. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Should we... Uh, I feel like that, what we spoke about then was a good wrap-up. Right, we have been on for about an hour and a half, I'd say, but a bit, a bit below an hour and a half. Maybe we'll link it back to the question quick um, in terms of our opinions. Yeah. Do you want me to conclude it up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I think what we just finished on in Cam's like, last statement <laughs> kind of concludes... <laughs> whether China is at war with the West. Um, I think they're playing the slow game, which we can see they've got a 2025 plan and a 2049 plan, which 2049 is in 32 years. Is my maths right now? 27. 27 years. You're the mathematician. Um, yeah so a 37 year plan is it's a long fucking time for a government to implement the things they want and make like lead them to be a super uh, the the top dog of the world Um, how fast things are changing anything can happen in those uh 37 years. Yeah. And in the West, we're seeing a lot of social instability at the moment. And we can yeah. see things happening, which will, in my perspective, will play into China's hands. Um, if a civil war does break out, then I think China are on for a winner. I think. Western governments really need to start taking China as a threat. Um, Which they are starting to do now. It's... Yeah, well, I think they've always seen them as a threat, but I feel like they're missing we need to get our countries under control and stable if yeah we're ready for China. Otherwise, China just going to we're just going to kill ourselves. Like China won't even need to come and fight us. We need a plan. Yeah. We Something need a plan. We need good to. leaders. we got, we live in the UK. We've got Boris Johnson. In my opinion, not a very good leader. In the US, they've got Biden. Fucking awful leader. <laughs> like we need some good solid leaders who can, who yeah. are willing to get their hands dirty and pull out of the mess and 
get everything back on track. Um, but I don't know. I feel like the po- the political stance in both countries at the moment is a bit of a it's a bit weird. It's hard in the West because it's always changing. There's not one consistent leader. Um, we're in China. It's been kind of there's been consistency in leadership, but it's always changing in the West. That's another problem. Well, I think I don't think that's a problem because that's what's made the West so good is democracy. Yeah. So instead of like, there's benefits to both sides. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. We need to just get our shit under control a bit better and figure out what we need to, what direction we need to go in. Um, I think the US mainly need to sort their shit out because <laughs> <laughs> they're the fucking superpower. They're the biggest economy in the world. But there's, a, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of problems at the moment in the West. Mm. And Russia and China, they're not like they're not. Their people have been through hard times, a lot more recent than people in the West. Yeah. Mm. So their people, if China needs to put their people through hard times again, they're not going to find it as difficult mm. as we would here. Yeah, because we've been three generations of living at some sort of ease yeah in generations well, so yeah it's been since yeah world war ii we've not we had the war so we've, yeah. that generation is now practically disappeared mm. yeah, majority, majority, of, majority of them are dead now yeah and then the rest of them now what did he say uh hard men make weak men oh weak yeah men make hard men or strong men make weak men Weak men make strong men. Did you say this to me? No. My barber said this to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did he? Because <laughs> I was talking to him about, obviously, being, what would you class us as, third generation Indians in England? Third generation. Second. Second, I'd say. He's first. No, oh, he's yeah, We're third. Jack we're second. third. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All so, right. With him being second and then his parents being first, that's what his dad says to him because his dad lived definitely with him, with being an immigrant, lived a completely different life to what he's living. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good, uh, good phrase. Yeah, it is. Mm. All right. Anything else, Jane, for you to say? I feel like it's mostly been covered. Um, I feel like it's debatable whether they're at war, but I feel like China's just so focused on themselves that they don't really have time to deal with these things between the West or the competition. So I feel like that's my take on that. They're just really focused on themselves and they're, they've got exponential growth because of it. So, yeah. All right. So we wrap this one up. I will well, just say before we do, I feel like from doing my research, I had a lot of, um, like, a, I had a widespread of information, but I didn't have much depth to it. But I feel like even just discussing, just starting from a tip of a certain topic and having the discussions today have uh, 
definitely set some things in my mind around the West and China and reverse back to before I even started looking into China properly. I had completely different mindset on the whole thing. Yeah. It, was, it all sort of, it all makes sense. The it, what's happening in the world right now, it makes sense. Mm. And there's no, you can't really, there's no one to blame because it's just a way of the world. Yeah. My mind's been broadened, I feel, after doing this. So, uh, Nihal. Yeah, Nihal. Well, <laughs> opposite of Nihal, whatever that is. What is that, Aaron? What's goodbye? You know? Yes. Nihal, we'll just say it, and Pete is goodbye. Thank you for watching. All right. All right. Nice one, boys. Thanks, See you later.